Welcome to Drinking Bros, presented by BlackRifleCoffee.com. Put down the water and grab a fucking drink. drink, 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 drink. I don't even know where you're sitting at. Like. <laughs> Anthony? Jesus Christ. Kawhi. That, uh, do you like that remix? How do you like that? Love it. Love it so much. It's, I, look, I had it on repeat in my car for hours and hours yeah. and hours. Man, you want to talk about clutch, son. Clutch. Fucking yeah, that was, uh, Kawhi, dude. It wasn't a, wasn't a very high percentage shot, but damn, dude. Man, he, it, he, he made it happen. It was, it, man, it was, it was like a Mexican porn star. It was a four rimmer. You know, that was a yes. four, uh, four <laughs> rimmer on the, yes, on the bounce, dude. I watched that shot 50 different times, right? From like a million different angles. And dude, it shouldn't have gone in. It just No, I mean, that I don't bounce know what the was fuck insane. It, I mean, dude, it was God's plan. God's plan. Yeah. It, it was, uh, that was Drake's plan. I like how Drake couldn't even show up to Game Seven. He was wasn't so he worried. wearing a Sixers jersey? Uh, he's wearing Sixers pants at a house party. He was so worried that he was going to curse the team that he stayed <laughs> home of his favorite team during Game Seven. Get the fuck out of here, Drake! You stupid bitch. That's nuts, <laughs> dude. That's fucking nuts. If you're gonna, yeah. if you're gonna, you know, say six, 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 and all your songs show up at every fucking game, you don't miss Game Seven to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. You just don't. No, that's dumb. Uh, let me let me save you guys all the suspense. Um, all of your little idiosyncratic bullshit. All of your, uh, you know, the little things you do, the shirt you wear every, for every game, doesn't have any effect on the fucking game. <laughs> and a lot it's, of people, it's nothing. I'm glad you brought that up because a lot, a lot of people watch watch this show. Um, uh, watch this on on Facebook. Uh, we're gonna have live sports shows on video soon, uh, coming, you know, starting in June. But uh, right now, you can you can join us on Facebook, uh, Drinking Bros Sports. It's a private group, and you can watch wherever we are because we usually go to all these games. When we do, D'Anthony, we've look. I've made it a, a habit to respect the city that I'm in and cheer for whatever team that is, unless they're playing like Ohio State or the Falcons, obviously, you know, because those are my those are my two faves. But you know, right. if, if I'm if we're in New Orleans, dude, boom, I'll buy a Saints jersey. We'll show up. Uh, if I'm at the, you know LSU Alabama, all right, awesome. I'll cheer for LSU. Uh, the right. Chiefs, great. Got a fucking red jacket for the Chiefs for the for the game. All of these teams that I've rooted for, like in these different cities, though, ha- have lost. And, yes. and everybody says the same thing. They're like, "Yo, dude." You're you're a curse when you show up at these games and thing, and I'm like, it's not me. Look, there, I have nothing to do with the goddamn team, and I, I can also swing it back to that Ohio State Penn State game. We were down by 28 and came back and won, and I was the only motherfucker in that whole stadium wearing an Ohio State jersey. So we're fine on that. But what I will say is this: this show drops at eight o'clock tonight. I will be at the Eastern Conference Finals of the nhl i'll be at the carolina hurricanes uh game and i'll be wearing a carolina hurricanes jersey so 
I'll put a, I'll put a picture up and drink a rose sports. If they lose tonight, it'll be an incredible losing streak for whatever jersey I wear. Let me ask I you wear. this. Let me ask you this. Do you think yeah. um, that uh, Jared wearing that O.J. Simpson jersey to the movie premiere had anything to do with him getting out of jail? Like, Does it work both ways is what I'm asking? <laughs> Depending upon what your luck is like. Yeah, Look, yeah. There's some people who are just the luckiest motherfuckers on the planet. Tom Brady, I, like, that guy, dude. I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand the luck of that guy. Probably never will, to be real as he's with you. Um, so maybe, who knows? Everybody's got that one friend who just, you know, the sun shines down on them and kisses their dick no matter what the circumstance is. So maybe, I, you know, maybe, maybe Jared Freed OJ. It'd be fucking rad if he did. I mean, he should be taking credit for it if that's the case. I think we should commission someone to find out if that's what went down. I, yeah, I, I look, I'd love to. The other thing that I'd love to do is uh, put up the new, you know, our signed O.J. Simpson jersey in the, new, uh, in the new studio here next month. Yeah, that's happening. Uh, I want O.J. over my shoulder at all times because he's the person <laughs> I look to for guidance in life. Like, you know, the angel and demon on your shoulder. I just have one O.J. Simpson on my shoulder. And that's where I get all of my life advice. I'm, I'm down, dude. We can, we can definitely throw a, OJ, a signed O.J. Simpson jersey over your shoulder. Uh, real quick, too. Three months away from fantasy football season. Uh, if you'd like to join, there is a Cutthroat Killers League this year, which means you have to be a two-time champion. Um, there's the regular Drinking Bros Champions League, and uh, I, you know what we might call that? We might we might end up calling it the Kalen Cathrone League or what Catrone, whatever that guy's name is. I think yeah. I, we're gonna and we're gonna do two. Actually, we'll do four. So we'll do two underdogs leagues and uh, and another Champions League. I think in the underdogs league every year it's gonna be assigned Rudy. Uh, some re- memorabilia from from Rudy that's signed, and then you you have the option whether to smash it or, or keep it. Yeah, and that'll be um, for that one I guy. Th- we should get one of our buddies uh, to run that other league, probably Derek Wida. Um, but let, just just so you know, it'll probably be his wife running the team. Is uh, um, is Derek a big fantasy football guy? He loves. Uh, football, like he didn't before back in the day so much, but his wife is a fucking massive Green Bay Packers fan. Yeah, she's like, a, she's uh, a diehard. Yeah, they watch every game. She is, she, yeah, she is obsessed, and he's really come. Like when when I when we first met, fucking whenever it was, fifteen years ago or whatever. Uh, he wasn't that huge of a sports fan, but he's really into it now. Loves the Golden Knights, loves the Packers. So yeah, yeah, I think he'd be down for that. Yeah, shit. I mean, we've I've been to man. I, I think I went to the Stanley Cup Finals with Derek last year. Um, yeah, yep. I did Vegas Golden Knights, and then uh, we yeah we went to McGregor that McGregor Khabib fight. We've been in a lot of shit together. He's a he's a sports yeah. guy for sure. Yep. We'll, we'll get him involved. Um, before we get into the show, man, we get a we get a massive monster show here. A lot going on, but of course we got some sponsors to pay for this whole fucking shit wagon to be on the air. First and foremost is mybookie.com. Dan, I might drop this show earlier tonight um, simply for the fact of. It's Zion Day. A lot of people right, are, are betting on where Zion's going to go. You're going to find out around 8.30 p.m. tonight, Eastern Standard Time. So maybe we'll drop this now because you can put some uh, – well, I, I, let's tell you what. Let's try to drop it maybe at like 6 or 7 because that way you can get your bets in of where Zion is going tonight on mybookie.com. Type in the promo code Bros. That'll double your deposit from 100 all the way to 3000 
A lot of people out there, including myself, are hoping he goes to my team. We'll get to that after the sponsors. Yeah, yeah. But you can bet on it at mybookie.com. Again, promo code Drinking Bros doubles your deposits all the way from one hundred to three thousand. Boom! Congratulations. You'd have you know six grand in your account if you drop three. Uh, next up, we got BlackRifleCoffee.com. D'Anthony wants to tell us about it. Yeah, BlackRifleCoffee.com is a premium small batch roast to order coffee company. Veteran owned and operated. Uh, you know, we just uh, can't stop killing it, dude. I don't know what it is. The coffee's great. I love the subscription. You and I both have been getting it, what, for t- over two years Over now. two years, yeah. Uh, I've never not had coffee in my house, and I don't even think about it anymore. It's it's You can't get a better cup of coffee for the price anywhere. Like yep. the... I can tell you just from being a coffee connoisseur myself, like I've got Black Rifle in my house and I've got some stuff that's super expensive. Well, the stuff that's uh, that's really expensive is about the same grade that Black Rifle is because we like it, we're they're all coffee nerds. Evan and those guys are all nerds, man. Yeah, they and, love that, coffee, and, that, and that's so real. They just make it great. Yeah, that's real, man. I mean, dude, Evan will travel around to different countries and all that bullshit and sample the coffee. Like, he, yeah, he's that fucking dude for real, man. So go to Black he Rifle Coffee. Fuck around. No, go to BlackRifleCoffee.com, sign up, subscription of the month, promo code SPORTS, 20% off. Uh, next up, we got GhostBed.com forward slash Drinking Bros. We're going to have some ghost beds actually in the new studio. I'm stoked about that. Yeah, we fucking love ghost bed. I've got 90 of them in my house. They cover every wall in my house just yep. in case. Well, because Dan, what you like to do on, on Sundays, a lot of people don't know, is uh, wrap yourself up in a straight jacket. Uh, cover the walls and ghost beds and just go ahead and Britney Spears yourself, you know, bash your, bash your brains in against those goddamn ghost beds. And so look, I keep my hair short. Yeah. And you've never, you've never died. You've never died. So <laughs> not once shout out to ghost bed for keeping D'Anthony alive um, <laughs> and keeping that PTSD at a minimum. <laughs> go, go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros today. Get yourself a mattress. If you're military or first responder, 15% off forever. No other company is doing this. You know what else no other company is doing? 36-month, no-interest, pay-as-you-go program. Dude, for, for quality mattresses, these guys are the best in the biz. We're doing huge things with them starting next month, man, because of this reason. And uh, it's it's look, it's one of the, the, the most high-quality products we've, we've ever had, and uh, we've all got them in our fucking house. Go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros today and get on it. Dude, if you're a civilian, there's a bunch of fucking crazy deals too as well. So don't worry about that. Ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. Then the last one, we got a, we got a new one here. Um, and this is a true story. So look, you and I work out a lot, all that shit. Uh, I, yep. Dude, I called, we called, this is full disclosure to our audience. We, we called Beats, Beats by Dr. Dre, by, you know, the Dr. Dre. And we said, yo, man, we would love to have a sponsor, like Beats be a sponsor and work out and all that other shit. And they were like, nah, we don't really do that um, for podcasts, like especially ones as crass as yours. And I was like, oh, well, fuck you guys. Um, truthfully, we wanted a promo code to get the Beats price down from like 300 goddamn dollars. Because uh, yep. that's, that's fucking crazy for a pair of headphones. Anyways, um, there's another company, ironically, that Snoop Dogg is always wearing who hit us up. And I don't, and I guess maybe Snoop Dogg doesn't own a part of Beats, but uh, no, he doesn't. But uh, Ray J does. Well, Ray Ray J does, but I know Snoop and Cardi B and all those motherfuckers are always wearing this shit. So like, they had us up, and they were like, "Yo, man, try ours out. Ours are dope as fuck, and they're cheap." And I'm like, "Cause look, they mark the shit up out of headphones. Like, you buy those Beats by Dre, that shit's like what eight dollars, probably made in China, and they charge you three yeah. fucking hundred for it." 
Um, yeah, o- sure. Over here, man, dude, go to Raycon, R-A-Y-C-O-N. Um, I'm going to say that again, R-A-Y-C-O-N. So that's Raycon slash Drinking Bros. Um, this is where you're getting the new fucking earpieces, bro. And these are the ones you could actually go to the gym with. It's not the big puffy shits um, where it's just like, oh, sweet. I look like I'm DJing at, at a Rum DMC concert in 1988. These fit in your ear and you can you can fucking, they're wireless. Um, you can run in them, sweat in them, all that shit. And they look cool. Because my biggest problem was this. Like, obviously, fucking iTunes wasn't going to sponsor us for those earbuds. Those earbuds, to me, look like somebody, like something about Mary. Like somebody jacked off in your ear, and it's just like there's some hanging down. You know? Yeah. Um, I'm not a fan of those. The Beats, the Beats by Dre are, are cool, but it's like, dude, there's 300 bucks. These are 50 bucks, man. Um, and I've, dude, I've been rocking these things for like two weeks. So I'm stoked that they came on. Shout out to Snoop Dogg and Ray J and all those guys for making this happen. Because we really did make this call. And was just like, man, I fucking wear goddamn earphones every day. Um, so thank you to uh, Raycon. For anybody out there listening, man, if you want something cool that's discreet, no wires and all that other shit, go to Raycon.com forward slash drinking bros. 20% off knocks these things down to 50. I've been wearing them for weeks and they're dope as fuck. And there is no difference in, in goddamn headphones between no, be- I, Beats and you know, these. You know me. I've got, uh, I've got Beats uh, Studio and the standard ones like yep. the, over a year. I've got the in-ear Beats. I've got AirPods. I've got those fucking Japanese headphones that like push sound waves through your ear and map your ear canal and then fucking set the tones perfectly for your hearing. So I've got like, I probably have $4,000 worth of fucking headphones in my house or some shit. These uh, these Raycons are fucking around, dude. They sound great, and they, they sound great. They're, and, and they're t- fucking cheap as shit. T- tell them why. Like you lost part of your hearing overseas, right? Yeah, everybody. Like if you're a right-handed shooter, uh, and guys know this. If you're an infantry guy or anything like that, or combat arms, and you're a right-handed shooter, and you don't you don't wear a lot of ear prote- ear protection over there, obviously, because you want to be able to hear shit. So uh, your left ear just gets fucked up. And vice versa if you're a left-handed shooter. And then, of course, explosions and all this other bullshit. There's, a, there's so many people out there that are dealing with hearing loss. And not just military people, but, uh, you know, first responders as well. But also people who just listen to fucking loud-ass music, heavy metal, or work in machine factor, or factories and shit like that. So this one's, uh, you know, r- really helpful for me. That It's loud as fuck. The bass is good. Like, it's... it's uh, it's not that rattly sound or it, it doesn't sound like you're uh, in a bathroom on a phone call. It sounds really good. So we're pretty happy with these guys. That's We tried them out before we, because, you know, w- with all of these products, Ghost Bed, Black Rifle, we, we actually use the product on a daily basis. So yeah, and we my, tried my these bookie, out before. Like, yeah, we, that's what yeah, we yeah. gamble on. So it's like, shit, I'm, I'm throwing money yeah. in this Carolina game tonight. So it's, it's real. Yeah. And we try to, for real, like in, in all honesty, I know we talk a lot of shit, but we try to get products that you guys will actually like. Um, same here. Um, and, the, and we actually make calls to request these sponsors of like, all right, cool, man. Can this go down? Um, so yeah. uh, thankfully, they said yes. And, uh, and it's rad. So we're going we're gonna to try them out for a few months. Um, and hopefully, it's successful because, I, shit, I love them, man. Uh, but let's get to the show, D'Anthony. We got a big one today. We got a real big one today. I'm, I'm putting, a lot of stuff going I'm on. I'm putting two hands around this dick. Um, let's talk about Kawhi Leonard first. Uh, the Raptors, Sixers. I wasn't surprised uh, by the ending of that series. I'm surprised by that shot, obviously, the four rimmer. But uh, I, I wasn't surprised that the Raptors beat the Sixers. The Sixers, man, I, they look lazy during games. 
Um, they finally played well in, in Game Seven, uh, but but look, they got housed half of those games. The Raptors yeah. seem like more of a complete team. The, the Sixers seem like kids to me still, like little kids who just yeah. don't get it and don't really know how to win or want to yet. Is that? Does it seem I, like that's I, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I I definitely agree with that. I feel like they don't have. Uh, I feel like they don't have a spark plug. I don't. There's there's no like. There's no general on the court. Like Ben Simmons is great, very good player. Can't shoot, but he's uh, as a point guard, non-shooting point guard. Like Rondo was a non-shooting point guard forever. Jason, uh, look, very, Jason Kidd early on. Yeah, in Jason his career, Kidd too. Yeah, early on, he's, he learned to shoot later. But yeah, yeah, he, he he's great. Uh, and uh, Redick is a great shooter. Jimmy Butler is a very dynamic player, and uh, Joel Embiid's obviously Joel Embiid, but. Uh, I don't feel like there's a leader of this team. Like, if you walked in their locker room and said, "Who's the leader Same, of this yeah. team?" If you walked into the nineteen late nineteen nineties and early two thousands uh, Braves locker room, it would be Chipper Jones, and everyone in the fucking room knew it, right? Yeah. Um, it, it was Kobe, you know, and guys like that. There's no question on those like great, great teams who's in fucking charge there. Um, sometimes it's the coach, you know. You never know, but yeah. this team doesn't have anybody on the court on a regular basis that fucking controls that court, in my opinion. Same. And, you know, is- I, look, you, you look back at those dynasties, right, with the Bulls. Uh, you had, you know, not, not only did you have Jordan, but you had Phil. And everybody respected Phil. Same with the Lakers. Phil rolls into the Lakers. People respect Phil. Whatever bullshit was going on between Kobe and Shaq, didn't matter Phil was there and fuck it, right? Uh, I, like, I like the coach of the Sixers, so I don't want to shit on him. Um, but I think it's hard when you're dealing with that much young talent that's new, and then you're worried about the Jimmy Butler contract situation. Uh, it's tough. I still think these kids, and I, they're kids, let's face it, man. Ben Simmons is young and Bede is young. I think they need you know one or two more years. The thing that I can't let my mind uh, get away from, though, is if LeBron had gone there, they, I think they would be playing in the fucking championship. Oh yeah, I think honestly, uh, he w- he would have season... been that leader, right? Like he would have been that yeah, leader for sure. Yeah, and yeah. and the the clutch guy and all that other shit. You wouldn't have even needed Jimmy Butler. LeBron would have been that guy for you. And with the rest of that team and the way that uh, Ben Simmons is able to facilitate, dude, fucking LeBron, Jesus Christ, they it well, would have been full sweep. Here's an interesting thought experiment for you. Uh, we all know that KD is probably not going to be in Golden State next year. Did Philly learn its lesson not going out, going hard after LeBron last year? Um, and and is the you know bullshit with Butler enough just to cut him loose and go hard after fucking KD? Because that would be an interesting team. They would have the most length of any team I've ever seen. Five guys on the floor: Simmons at point guard, and then KD, yeah. and then Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid. I mean. That that would be a very very good defensive team, um, but offensively, with Simmons moving the ball around and KD shooting over everybody, and the way he would open the floor for guys like Redick, I don't know. That would be kind of crazy. I don't think it'll happen though. I don't think KD wants to go to Philadelphia. No, I don't either. You know, you know. Look, I think Kemba Walker would be great there. I don't know if you know. I don't know if you would ever consider trading trading Ben Ben Simmons. Me personally, I don't trust a guy who's never made a three pointer in the NBA. Yeah, I, I mean anyone, I think, uh, even even you know, Kel- Manute Bowles made three pointers for Christ's sakes. <laughs> well, you know uh, Kellerman this morning on first take was saying that the Sixers should seriously consider trading Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid, really? 
Yeah, yeah. And I'm not uh I'm not opposed to it if they if they traded him for Anthony Davis. Yeah, um, somebody that can actually, you know, shoot the ball a little better cuz And I'm still worried about Embiid getting injured. That guy is always on the fucking floor. So, look, if they could if they could trade him for Anthony Davis, I'd do that in a fucking heartbeat and it would be incredible. Yeah. Uh but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Look, if you can swap him for Davis and then somehow you know, get Kemba in there for uh, for Ben Simmons. That's a deadly team. Uh, yeah, that'd be great. I mean, but again, back to the point. There's no fucking leader on that team. No, that there's not. Kemba Walker's a leader. Uh, that, like that'd be oh, yeah, a great is. guy for your locker room. That guy's clutch as shit. Um, he, might, I don't know. He might be going to the Lakers. We'll see. Um, but look, you, you got Kawhi uh, Leonard and um, pretty much carried the team on his back all the way through this this thing because Kyle Lowry has disappeared, man. Um, I don't know what his fucking deal is, but uh, the Raptors are in the finals. And if you're a Spurs fan, you've got to be shaking your head at this going, Jesus Christ, man. What went wrong? As I still don't know what went wrong with Kawhi and San Antonio. Do you? No, I've never, uh, I've never heard a story that made sense other than it sounded like he was super... Uh, like the way the media framed it, it was mostly him being petulant about everything. But I, that doesn't doesn't seem like him to me, honestly. Like he's always been uh, very robotic. Even you can tell by the way he plays, he's executing a very specific game plan. Obviously, he you know makes shit up on the fly sometimes because that's what you have to do. But for the most part, you can tell what part of the game you're in based on where he is on the floor. Like if it's early. He'll be down in the low post trying to fucking draw fouls or establish the inside game or something like that. Like he is a very mapped out player. They, I, I wouldn't say he's all that creative at all. And I don't. I think that translates over to his personal life. If you watch his fucking interviews, they're short, simple answers, curt sometimes even. So I don't see. Um, I don't see him as someone who would act like that. It just doesn't make sense to me. Although if he went to the front office and to Pop and said, "Hey, look." These fucking, you know, great Hall of Fame and potential Hall of Fame players are gone from San Antonio now. You guys got to get me some help now. And they're like, hey, it's going to be a year or two before we can really do that. And he's like, fuck this because I'm in my prime. I could see that, I guess. Maybe, that makes sense to me. I, I know this. I know Popovich reached out to him multiple times and tried to have dinner with him, lunch with him, everything in, you know, under the sun. And, and Kawhi said no. So I, I'm not sure what the sticking point is there. But, you know, for me, when I look at this upcoming free agency, and, and let's face it, Kawhi's got to be near the top of that list, uh, you know, him and KD, to try to get in my opinion. Um, I don't know why you would leave Toronto, simply for the, the, the reason that you said. He doesn't like the media. He gives short, curt answers. If he goes to L.A., it's a, it's a fucking circus there. It's a goddamn media circus. ESPN is. is literally across the street from Staples Center. They have, they have a, their office is right across the street, that L.A. office. You're going to be dealing with all that stupid shit all the time and everything that comes with L.A. Um, with the photo shoots and the, you know, welcome to <laughs> welcome to the arena. <laughs> You're going to, to deal with that every single day. If I'm yeah. him, why not just stay in Toronto? You're in the Eastern Conference Finals. Fuck it. Uh, you know, you already beat the 76ers. If you got some help, if you got another free agent up there, um, congratulations. You probably keep going back for a couple years because I don't know what's going to happen with Boston. Um, you know, now that Boston's out, uh, I don't, I don't think that Kyrie stays there and I don't think that they no, need him. Not, un- not unless they pick up AD. 
I yeah. think if they if they pick up AD before Kyrie leaves, he'll probably stay. But otherwise, I think he's going to the Lakers. I've said that before. Kyrie though is a restricted free agent. I read so you're going to have to you know offer up some compensation or some form of yeah probably a draft pick draft right? or I mean, money like, or usually it's, usually it's like a second round draft pick if you uh, if you match an offer sheet right something like that yeah so we'll see what happens there but it, look if you're a Boston Celtics fan I wouldn't be down on the Celtics I think. I think their team is actually better without Kyrie. I think they looked better the year before in the playoffs without him. And there's so much young talent on that team. If it, and they have a lot of picks. If they go hard after AD and he ends up there, I think it'd be a perfect fit up in Boston. And they could dominate. Um, so They could, yeah. I, yeah. You know what I want to see, though? I want to see, uh, just going back to, to Kawhi, I want to see Kawhi Leonard and, and KD go to the Clippers. Because I want to see a team where Patrick Beverly's at the point and and uh, Kawhi is at shooting guard and Katie's at small forward and Danilo Gallinari is at power forward. I want to see that. And I want to see them match up against the Warriors because I don't, I don't know if anybody on that team would have a killer instinct, but I can tell you that Kawhi, Beverly, and fucking Katie on the floor playing defense at the same time, forget about their offensive capabilities, but those three at your fucking... At your, at your guards and your small forward, that'd be a fucking super interesting matchup against a team like Golden State. Yeah, and look, you know, KD's clutch. He doesn't mind yep. taking the last shot all the time. Um, and obviously, neither does Kawhi. Uh, yep. If they both went there, to me... That would be great. That would be fucking great. It, I would love it, that. It would, and I'm, would, a, I'm a fucking Warriors fan, but I, I would still love that. I know. It, that'd be a fun team to watch. And it'd be a fun team to watch because, you, to me, to win a championship, you need a fucking thug on your team who's willing to play defense and fuck shit up, and that's Patrick yep. Beverly. Man, yep. watch, watching that guy play, just watch him play on defense any game, any time throughout the season. It is exhausting. He is he's all, fucking relentless, oh, dude. Oh, dude, he's on you like AIDS throughout every single game. <laughs> and it's, you know, you can take a cocktail for it and you're going to be fine, but, dude, it's not going to be a an easy sitch. So, uh, if no, that, he's 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 just a smaller Draymond Green, is what he is. Yeah. So um, if you if you had the, those guys and Patrick Beverly, and were able to keep Sweet Lou Williams, um, whew, that is a deadly team. And Ballmer, Steve Ballmer, the owner of the Clippers, isn't afraid to back up the truck. He loves the Clippers, and I, that's one of the most excitable owners besides Mark Cuban I've seen in this league. So like, yeah. he's going to go all in this summer. And look, you're you're right; it could happen. Um, I think it will, honestly. If they keep Lou Williams and Beverly and Gallinari and then add fucking Kawhi Leonard and KD, that that to me is a championship caliber team. Obviously, it all depends on if they gel as a team and who takes leadership, KD or Kawhi, or if it's a share leadership. A ship needs a captain. Yep. Um, And I think that's been one of the the issues in, in Golden State the last two years with all the fucking hubbub and bullshit amongst the team um like before kd came there it was steph curry and everybody knew it he didn't have to say it out loud everybody knew that he was the leader of that team and then kd comes over and maybe sometimes he's a leader maybe sometimes steph is a leader obviously it, it translates into great offensive basketball but uh you know when things don't go well that's when you see the true character of a team and i've uh the warriors have had some issues you know um uh with you know whether it's Draymond Green bitching at somebody or right. um, you know Clay feeling underserved for lack of a better phrase or whatever the fucking case is, I just feel like uh, 
I feel like the tumultuous uh, fucking social environment around the Warriors for the last couple of years probably stems from not there not being a clear leader of that team. Well, look, I, I think this. I think if you get KD out of there, um, or if, you know when, when he leaves, because I, I I do not think he's going to stay. I think if you get KD out of there, I think that because I I'd said this on a, sh- a couple shows back that they traded. They will trade uh, Draymond if they end up keeping KD. If KD goes, I think they keep Draymond, back up the truck for Clay, and then use that extra money to to spend on their bench. And I think the Warriors are fine, man. Um, I, I think they're still going to be unbelievably dominant. Uh, now you have all that KD money to free up to actually have a bench because right now you got about three people and. No lie, if Dan was in a little bit better shape, Dan could be on the bench for the Warriors right now and probably drop yeah. drop eight to ten tonight. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my that's my gut feeling there because uh, yeah. it is thin. I mean, shit, they had to call down to Australia to get Bogut back for. I mean, Bogut already played a full year of Australian Australian basketball and then came yeah, back crazy. here and started playing the NBA playoffs. Nuts. Uh, but who do you like in this in this uh, Raptors series? Um, to go to the finals, uh, you know, man, I got to be honest with you. This, the Raptors seemed listless, <laughs> like for real. Both of those teams in that, like nobody wanted to win that series. Um, and Anna Compo is on a fucking mission right now. This dude is like he. I don't. I don't know what you would call it. He's like. Um, he reminds me of the fucking basketball players in the late 80s where he wants to fucking clothesline somebody. He's, like, tired of all this fucking LeBron and everybody else, like, working out with each other in the, in the off season. Like, he doesn't get that. I don't know if it's because of uh, how he was raised or if he's just that kind of guy or whatever it is, but he wants to fucking win and fuck everybody else, um, which is, I think, a very interesting attitude to have in today's climate. Everybody's all buddy-buddy now, and, and that's fine, whatever. I mean, it makes... For good social media posts, I guess, but for competition on the court, um, I don't think there's anybody in the league that's more competitive that's a top ten player, honestly. Um, yeah, like I don't I, think I don't think anybody else that's a top ten player wants to win as badly as this guy does. Like you could say Clay or Steph or KD, but they've won already. This guy hasn't won yet, and I think he's fucking he's crazy as fuck. He wants to win so badly, he's gonna break somebody's fucking legs. Um, so I I think the Bucks are going to win this series four uh, two. Okay, um, I'm gonna man I'm gonna say that this goes seven. Um, I think I think the superstars are out and it's going to be uh, Giannis against Kawhi and I, I I'm going to right now right now lean towards. I'm going to lean towards the Raptors on this in seven games. I know that sounds crazy, man. That does um, sound crazy to me. I, I, I just, I have a hard time. And here's why. And this is why I have such a hard time with this. Giannis is so young. It's hard to believe that a guy this young can literally put a team on his back and take him to the NBA finals. I was trying to think back before we did this show and remember when the last time somebody this young did this. And I, the last time I can remember was Dwight Howard. Remember when he drugged the Orlando Magic to the finals? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they ended yeah, up getting... what was that? 2005 or something? Yeah, shit? man. Was, I mean, they ended up getting that? housed in the finals, but whatever, man. Uh, he took them there, and, and that was the last big man 
that I can remember taking a team to the finals at that young of an age where you were like, oh, shit. Remember everybody thought Dwight, Dwight Howard was going to, you know, win multiple yeah, championships Superman, yeah. and all that shit. And um, yeah. I, guess, I guess Shaq did it in 95, too. He so did. That was- he, but, but, you know, that was... That was a ways back. So, uh, you know, and you could look, you can dip back even to Magic Johnson in the 80s. He did it too. But um, the last time that I can remember it in, you know, relatively short amount of time here was, was, was Dwight Howard. And uh, it's tough. It's really, really tough, man. Especially when you've never been there before. Kawhi has. And Kawhi's won at this level. He's won a championship. So he's used to this shit. And he's, he's the one that's going to be leading this team. Giannis isn't, and he's going he's gonna to be the one leading that team. I can see this being real fucking heated and going seven games, and, um, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to coin toss it here because that's what I think it is, and I'm going to say Raptors on this, and I, and I think it's going to be a weird upset, and the Raptors might actually make it to the finals. Who do you got in the West? <laughs> what are you fucking kidding me? Uh-huh. Por- uh-huh. Por- there's there's no way that Portland beats Golden State. I don't give a fuck if uh, <laughs> like if Katie walks out of the fucking court and detonates a suicide bomb, you know, and takes yeah. out all the Warriors bench, just the Warriors <laughs> starters playing. And they could, if they need to take rest, they could just go four on five and still win. I think, honestly. Yeah, um, I mean, look, I, I don't. There's no way, dude. The the fucking Portland is is notorious for choking in the playoffs. So it's only they haven't done it yet, so it's only a matter of time. Like only and the same thing goes the same thing goes with Toronto. That's why I'm like, there's no fucking way they're gonna be this this kid Anacompo is too motivated and Toronto is has historically choked in the playoffs almost every year. Look, like I think you, you you said it yourself, Kyle Lowry. Where where the fuck is he? I know, and, and and look, I think he'll disappear, and I think Dame Lillard will probably disappear like he did in Game Seven in Portland. I just yep. think Kawhi is is he's probably playing. I would say he's the MVP of the playoffs so far, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's there's no way they are where they are without him. And so they barely, that's that's the other thing. They barely scrape by, and and. and the Bucks have not shown any weakness. Like they got blown out one game, I think, but that Once, always happens yeah. in playoff series. Yeah, yeah. You always get blown out like one game out of every series you might get blown out. But um they they just haven't shown any weakness, to be honest. I agree. I just I have a feeling something weird is gonna happen. On the on the Western Conference Finals, look, I'm all Warriors. Uh KD has been listed as out game one and game two. I'm not sure that that matters. A lot of people are saying, well, hey, it was 2-2 and the regular season. Yeah, that was the regular season, but Golden State doesn't really give a shit about the regular season. Let's face it. This no. is the only thing they're playing for. I think the Western Conference Championship was actually last week when they played the Rockets. Uh, that's yep. all done now, and I think the Warriors advance. I think Portland probably grabs a game or two. So I, I, wouldn't, so I wouldn't be surprised to see it 4-2 or 4-1, but that's about it. Um, and I, and no, I, think I mean, it's, Portland's got a good squad. I mean, Lillard and uh, and McCollum and uh, those those guys are good, man. But I, don't, I not that good, right? Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna say Warriors Raptors finals, and uh, I think KD comes back for the finals, and I think uh, Boogie Cousins makes a, a surprise appearance in the finals. Yeah, from what I'm hearing, it looks like he's. Uh, He's progressing really well, and he's super motivated to get back out there. And he doesn't want um, to go into free agency with the last memory 
of him for this season being an injury, even if yeah. he just gets in and plays some garbage minutes at the end. Totally. So and, and, he's, and look, he's pretty moto. And, and, and he'll get a ring. So that'll be cool yep. for him. So we'll see what happens. Um, but the top story before the game starts tonight in the NBA is going to be the NBA draft. The lottery is here. This is pure sex every, every single year. I'm surprised that they don't make a bigger deal out of this because uh, it's fun. Like, it's fun to watch who's going to get these teams. I'm going to go ahead and read down the odds here. And we're calling this Zion Day because if you're, you're a fucking idiot if you're not choosing him number one. Is he going to be great? Who knows? But you still take him at one and then move on about your fucking day. And don't be an asshole. Nobody's going to shit on you for picking Zion at one. Top, top ch- uh, chances here to get Zion. New York Knicks, 14% tonight. Cleveland Cavaliers, 14%. Phoenix Suns, 14%. Chicago Bulls, 12.5%. Atlanta Hawks, 10.5%. Washington Wizards, 9%. New, or- uh, New Orleans Pelicans, 6%. Grizzlies, Memphis Grizzlies, 6%. Dallas Mavericks, 6%. Uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, 3%. Los Angeles Lakers, 2%. Charlotte Hornets, 1%. Miami Heat, 1%. And the Sacramento Kings at 1%. What if the goddamn Lakers get this pick? Man, I was just thinking that as I was reading these (laughs) off. Can you imagine? Motherfuckers. This league would be so uh, fucking rigged if it was. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that would be crazy as fuck. But... Um, I have another question for you mm-hmm. about the Hawks, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, I, I just want to say for if those of you out there that are planning on gambling on this, I'm not going to give you any advice necessarily on who to pick because this is a fucking flip of a fucking eight sided coin, basically. Yeah. Um, that's yeah, uh, it's a crazy, it's a crazy choice. I, I look, we always throw money on it just because it's fun. Yeah, yeah, um, it is we fun. Enjoy yeah. It. And I uh, and I agree with you. I think they should make a bigger deal about this draft. I mean, it's it's super interesting how all this stuff plays out. Um, I think th- this is my question for you about the Hawks. Okay. So let let's say they get the number two pick. Yeah. Are they are they going to take uh, that jaw kid or what? Because they already have Trey Young. I know. Uh, they, are they, they, they are should they trade take another guy like that. They should trade him for Luca Don Don Kitchen called it. Oh God! <laughs> Try to get him back. Jeez. What the fuck? Wouldn't no, that look. be fucking hilarious? Oh God, it'd be great. Um, yeah, I, you're right, man. I, and I was just thinking about that too. Like um, on the way to the gym, I was like, man, what if we? Because look, I'm a I'm a Atlanta Hawks fan. Obviously, I'm from I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, I'm Braves, Falcons, Hawks. I was thinking if we get the number two pick, yeah, how do you take fucking Ja out of Murray State when you have the, the same player, essentially, with Trey Young? Do you trade down? Maybe maybe you trade down to three and try to get uh, you know Cam Reddish, I guess. But um, I mean, what's the point of trading, though? Just take Cam Reddish. I guess. I mean, you could get picks, at least. You know, Somebody's going to want Ja Morant pretty goddamn bad. Um, yeah, RJ Barrett. You also, have, you also pay less in signing bonuses as you go further down the list, so that might be something they take into consideration. Yeah, I mean, you get a pick, and you know, uh, you get a look. This this draft is loaded, so it's going to be fun to watch. Um, I haven't, I, I can't remember this much hype since LeBron. Yeah, uh, so everybody's going to be watching this fucking shit tonight. Uh, my look, I, my dream obviously would be the Hawks get this pick. And then they pair up Trey Young with Zion. Holy shit, that would be a fucking blast of a team to watch. Um, especially if Trey Young progresses over the summer the way that Steph Curry did. 
because you know they're looking like very similar players. If him and Zion are on the same team, that's a fun young team to watch. Uh, watch out for this, the Phoenix Suns, man, at 14%. I, I know we talked about this in the past. I'll, I'll say it again, though, man. If you put him, DeAndre Ayton, and Devin Booker, Booker together, yeah. that's a fucking crazy young team for the future. That, that would be amazing Seriously. to watch. I do not want to see him go to the Cleveland Cavaliers, though. No, that'll just be boring. God damn like it. He'll, he'll be the only person there. Which is probably what will happen, to be honest. And he'll be stuck in Cleveland. I don't think. I don't think it is, man. My money's on New York. I think. I think the lottery's rigged, and I think it's. I I think uh, this is all coming down to Zion going to New York tonight. Um, I hope it's not New York. I I would love to because I like to. uh, I really like to see like great, great teams compete. I would love to see him go to the Suns. That would be great. I mean, that DeAndre Ayton kid. Had a PER of like 21 last year, and he's like 15 fucking years old. That team is crazy good. They don't have a leader, and their inside game isn't you know all that great, but uh, Devin Booker can shoot the fucking lights out. Yeah, I mean, look, they, if, they, if Phoenix gets that pick, then you keep – because Aiton's a true center. Zion is yeah. not a true center. So then you put Zion at the power forward, and then you got Devin Booker and Zion and Aiton. Man, that, that, that's, that's a great team. Um Look, out of all of these options here, and we're we're just gonna go top five. We'll go down the list. New York Knicks would be a blast because it's it's New York, and they have enough money to buy out two max salaries. So you know they're looking at Kari, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Kyrie and KD. Um, if if all of those pieces fall and you get Zion, holy shit, that's a blast. Cleveland Cavaliers, I do not want to see him go there. There is no one there. Um, what, what's it's him and Tristan Thompson? Congratulations, yeah, pretty much. Who gives a fuck. Cleveland's had enough luck over the years with getting LeBron at number one and then Kyrie at number one. Get them the fuck out of there, man. I don't want to see this at all. I'm done with the Cleveland Cavaliers as a team. Phoenix will be a blast. Uh, Chicago Bulls here with the fourth best chance, a 12.5%. I'd actually like to see Chicago Bulls slotted in at two. I think Ja Morant playing in Chicago would be a blast. Like That would be great to watch. That'd be yeah, that would be, that'd be very Derrick Rose-esque. Yeah, that'd be a, that'd be a fun time for Chicago. It'd be a great fit. Chicago's a blast of a city, and I think they'd get behind this kid, and it would be fun. Yeah, um, and it'd be the, it'd be it'd be cool to see him and Zach Levine play on the same team because they can both jump completely out of the gym. Yeah, uh, it'd, it'd be great. It'd um, be a super exciting team, super fun. And then the Hawks, obviously. Look, I hope we get one. I don't think it's in the cards. Um, I think again, I think the lottery is rigged and I think this is going to New York and this is going to be a great story for the NBA. And I think this story for the NBA is too big to pass up. So they'll make they'll make sure that he's going to New York tonight and uh, that that'll lead you all the way into the draft and the drama of the offseason. Not only that, man, if, if Zion goes to New York, that is going to fuck up a lot of these free agency plans, because then yep. if you're KD and if you're Kyrie, you're getting on the phone and saying, hey, man. The three of us together would be magic in New York, and we can make the garden yeah. the garden again. That would be um, that would be pretty great. Yeah, I mean, look, as far as the Hawks go, though, they're going to get a really good player no matter what happens, um, and, they, and they might get two because that Dallas pick uh, may be conveyed to the Hawks depending upon what number that comes in at. So they might get two yeah, yeah. players in this, and look. So that's a pr- that's a protected pick, then. Yeah, it is. Well, no, no, no. They have one, and they and that there's possible there's a possibility for another protected pick. So, mm. 
yeah, it's uh, it's looking good, my man. Um, so is that that Memphis pick? That's a protected pick for the Celtics. That's gonna have a a, a big a big deal to uh, to do with what they do in the offseason. So tonight's a big night, man. I'll, I'll be amped. Yeah, I'll actually be at the the Carolina uh, Hurricanes game against the Boston Bruins. So you're gonna have to text me and let me know. Yeah. Um, but since we're talking about that, let's let's go ahead and segue into the NHL. Uh, the, the look, the the finals are set now. Um, Eastern and Western. Uh, San Jose is currently tied 1-1 with the Blues. I picked the Blues uh, before the series started um, offline, um, but we, always, we only do the show once every every Tuesday nights. Uh, so, look, I, I had the Blues in the finals against Carolina. Carolina is down 0-2. Who do you got in the East here? Um, you know, I've said this a million times on this show and in my – you know, just in conversations, but the series doesn't start until the first away game. Right. Um, I don't give two fucks. Like it, it, it depends on who wins tonight and tomorrow night or tonight and, uh, and on Thursday, because if Carolina wins these two games and it's back to zero, zero, and that's what you expect, you expect the home team and the, and the playoffs to win. Uh, that's why home ice advantage is so important. So, uh, Carolina's played great at their home ice, uh, this year and the playoffs they've given up a couple losses there so we'll see what happens but I don't know man the Bruins look pretty goddamn good right now I want to see Carolina go because I want to fucking go to a finals game with you in a couple weeks <laughs> I know uh, but that uh, my my cognitive dissonance hasn't kicked in yet we'll see what happens uh, I think Carolina's got a good shot though they're a good team they're obviously there for a reason so um, we'll see they, they they haven't looked great in the first two games I mean they're not getting like torched or anything but they're not it, it almost reminds me of uh, the Capitals versus the Golden Knights last year. Like you knew the Golden Knights were a really good team, but the Capitals jumped all over their ass in the finals last year. Um, yeah, so the, thing, we'll the, the, the thing with Carolina is this: they haven't lost a home game throughout these playoffs yet. So we'll find out tonight right. what happens. Um, if they win tonight, I think I think that obviously improves their odds and their chances. If they lose tonight, it's over. It's three zero, and that's you know. Yeah. Sorry, sorry about well, it. Well, you're, you're right though. They the haven't finals. lost an. They haven't lost at home yet, and that I talk a lot about the psychological factor of of sports, particularly in the in the postseason. Uh, and for the Warriors, for example, we'll go into go into the half down fifteen points all the time, down ten, fifteen, whatever. They don't give a shit. They're like, yeah, we're still going to win. We don't care. Um, the, it's it's I don't know how many teams go completely undefeated at home throughout the entire playoffs in any sport. Um, that's really impressive if you can fucking do that. But uh, the fact that they played so well at home during the season, I guarantee you their coaches in their ear are like, hey, the fucking series starts tonight. This is our home game. This is our ice. We're going to fucking win, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I, if they win tonight, it kind of lionizes them a little bit. They're like, yeah, we can't lose at home. Let's go fucking wreck these guys. And then the real test will be if they can win in Boston. We'll see yeah, we'll find out. I'm excited. I'm excited to go. Um, I'm actually since you're not here, I'm taking my son with that extra ticket. Um, so we're, we're amped. It's going to be a good time tonight in Carolina. Uh, I watched that Blues game last night. Um, I, wait, back to Carolina real quick. First game was close. Look, it was two one going into the third, and Carolina was up. They gave up two shitty goals and uh, ended up losing that game, and then. Uh, you know, there was a couple empty netters at the end that, that made the score 5-2. But, I mean, really, it was a 3-2 game all the way to about three minutes left in that game. 
They got housed in game two. That was it was six zero, and Carolina scored two garbage time goals. We'll find out if they can keep this home streak alive. I hope they can. Me and my boy will be at the game tonight, and uh, we'll send you some picks. Text me the Zion shit. I watched the Blues game last night. I picked the Blues uh, to go to the finals in this, um, and I'm sticking with that. But uh, the Sharks, man, they they've got a lot of fucking heart, and they just keep coming back all year. I wouldn't see. I wouldn't be surprised if that goes seven games. No, nah, same. Sharks always play tough in the playoffs. That's it's been like that forever now. Um, they give. Uh, they've always given. You know, the last two years they gave the Golden Knights trouble. Before that, when the Red Wings were still in the uh, Western Conference, they gave them trouble almost every year too. So between them and the Abs, so yeah, they're they're a tough team. Thornton's a fucking. He's been around forever. Uh, and that beard, he's got a Chuck Norris beard for real. Like I don't know if I've oh, ever yeah. even seen his face before, and I'm pretty sure under his beard is another beard. Um, like it's it's weird dude he starts like the playoffs with a normal beard and then by the second game of the first round he's got the biggest beard i've ever seen i don't know what the fuck's going on with that guy if he has a team working round the clock to keep his beard in check or what the fuck it is um everybody calls me tormund from game of thrones but i think it might be him with that ginger beard he's got (laughs) oh man i love it uh last but not least here the last sports story of the day here I want to ask your your opinion on this fucking Tiger Woods story because he's oh playing in the God. in the PGA Championship this week. I, I find it telling that a lawsuit drops the fucking day that he's there preparing for the yeah. the upcoming championship. Here, I, explain to the audience what's going on because this is fucking insane. Yeah, so basically, uh, Tiger's girlfriend is a restaurant manager. Um. And she, one of the places that she manages is his restaurant in Jupiter, Florida, called The Woods. And they're both being sued now for wrongful death of one of their, I think it's one of their bartenders. Yeah, an employee. And, yeah. yeah, so basically the guy, apparently according to whomever filed the lawsuit, his, his family, um, say that The Woods family knew that he has a drinking problem and they quote-unquote routinely overserved him and blah, blah, blah and all this stuff. And even in the complaint, it says, like, yeah, they were hanging out with him three days before that, and he got super drunk. And then three days later, he got drunk and, and left work and then got in a fatal car accident. So, uh, look, this guy was an adult, apparently. He had a job. He was able to consume alcohol legally. At some point, you got to take some fucking personal responsibility, dude. Look, I'm not saying to enable people, uh, but, like, you're not responsible for for all this stupid bullshit uh damn dude it, it yeah. just doesn't make any and this happened in december by the way so it's been like it's been six it's been months. a while yeah it, it's been a while I, I, look here's what I, w- I will say about it um it's sad the the, the dude is, was 24 years old his blood alcohol content level was uh a 2.56 um, 0.256 yeah that, that means 25.6 percent of his his blood was alcohol <laughs> yeah which is i mean wild. he was he was definitely going for it uh it's sad because he's 24 years old and who doesn't fucking rage at 24 years old and all that shit you saying though that you were you know at a bar with tiger woods three days before and he should have known you were an alcoholic is fucking pure insanity yeah like, and also it's 2019 at the at this time it was 2018 and uber has been around for fucking years now Fuck you, buddy. Any of you guys out there that are driving drunk right now, uh, anywhere, just 
There's no, like back in the day, you're like, oh, I got to get my car home and blah, blah, blah. How am I going to get it home? Taxis are expensive. It's going to cost you like six bucks on Uber. Don't be a fucking piece of shit, all right? Yeah. Um, and, and I'm just going to read a line in this complaint here that I find really telling. Tiger knew, and this is from their, their legal team. Tiger knew yeah. or reasonably should have known that Emmonsberger, and that's the guy who, who passed away, was habitually addicted to the use of any or all alcoholic beverages and or was a habitual drunkard. I haven't Jesus heard the term Christ. drunkard in a long goddamn time. That's D-R-U-N-K-A-R-D, drunkard. Um, again, haven't heard that in a while. Except I think the last time I heard that term was watching reruns of Andy Griffith. You know, yes, yeah, saying yep. fucking Otis. You know, Otis was too drunk to get out of jail. Like he's the town drunkard. Sorry, we, you, you all should have known. Fuck off with what that. What if we let, let's make drinking bro shirts that just have the logo on the back and on the front it just says drunkard. <laughs> the town drunkard. Think? Yeah, town drunk. You want to do that? <laughs> I'd love to, man. And again, I'm not making fun of this guy for dying, so please don't think that at all. Everybody makes mistakes. I got kids, man. Look, I was 24. I made mistakes. It it, it happens, and it's unfortunate. I lost my one, my best friend at uh, best friends from high school, driving drunk at 23, yep. 24 years old. It, it happens. I went to his funeral, and like you know, as sad as it was, I, all all of us sat at the funeral, and we were like, shit, man. He was, you know, a, a five minute cab ride away from home or whatever. So, yep. uh, well, here, here's the real sucks. deal, though. Here, it does suck, but here's the real deal. If the restaurant had been owned by Joe Smith, of a native of Jupiter, Florida, this lawsuit wouldn't exist. But it's Tiger yeah. Woods. He, yeah. He's got a billion dollars. That's what this is, dude. And that, to me, like, if I die in some weird way, unless someone is literally directly responsible for it if my family ever like sued the person trying to get money that's a that's fucked man that would make me if i were still alive feel like a real piece of shit you know it's funny dan you're you're gonna die at the hands of a a crazy tinder date like you're gonna die at the hands of a a girlfriend i have a feeling that's gonna kill you yeah probably um and then you know who's gonna sue for me who's gonna sue her i that's what i should do start dating rich uh, rich girls that would (laughs) that way you know, <laughs> my family can sue her and we'll see what happens. Uh, that's fucking great. Uh, thanks for joining us. Stay tuned. We got, we get an interview. You and was it Jared sat down with Andy Bell, right? Yep. Action sports star, Andy Bell. So we got that interview coming up with us. Uh, again, bet with us or against us on mybookie.com. Promo code Drinking Bros doubles your deposit from 100 all the way to 3000 and shout out to Raycon.com. Uh, forward slash drinking bros for the the headphones man and uh and being a sponsor super grateful that 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 you're here and um again that we have affordable headphones that actually fucking work and, and look cool we appreciate it stay tuned for andy bell how do i get my tomahawk back my tomahawk back my tomahawk hello wow look at you your hair looks amazing, by the way. Well, I was telling you, my hair started like this little baby. This is a little baby mullet right here. This is how my hair started hey, about listen, I'm a couple seven months years in. ago. I'm a couple you're months You're like a in. minor league hockey player right now. Yeah, that's what I'm going for. Yeah, you're, you know? you're hoping to just get on the team right He's hoping to get on the rep team right now on the yeah, travel team. You know, maybe I need to miss a few fucking teeth before they take me. I can help you with that. There we go. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, one of my good friends with us today, Mr. Andy Bell. Andy, pleasure to have you. 
Uh, I mean, where do we start? Do we start with the, the, the degeneracy in your teens? Do we start with the race career? Where do we go? Uh, is this a good time to take my pants off? Absolutely. No. <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you got me here by promising me one thing. And you also said it's called Drinking Bros, and I sure as hell don't have a beer in front of me, so that's also bullshit. We will fix False that False advertising. <laughs> False advertising right now. He's drinking health, like carrot well, juice. It, it's 11 o'clock in the morning, so... <laughs> you, to quote my friend Jim DeChamp, you can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. It's true. I think he's got us with that one. So <laughs> you've been a member of Nitro Circus pretty much since the beginning, right? Yes. When, 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 when did they find you, or how did you find them? All right. Well, I guess that's a long story, but I guess we do have a couple hours, so may as well fill time with me talking about dumb shit, um, <laughs> about your, your new friend and my old friend, Travis. So... I think it was nice. I like, like how you have like a retirement for it. No, I You're retired like, my friendship. My, my body cannot take this anymore. I, re- I retired my friendship. You saw me come out of retirement for one moment for the car jump. And, and, and we'll get to that we'll because to that. we're going to talk about how sketchy that was. <laughs> <laughs> I try not to answer the phone when he calls. So anyway, so I met Travis. I used to race motocross professionally. I wasn't that good, but I was professional. So it's a qualifier. What, uh, what factory? Um, no, I wasn't that good, so I didn't actually have a factory ride. Well, what was your bike I rode, choice? I rode, I raced Suzuki's. I raced okay. Suzuki's in Canada, so you know I was shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I raced, I raced, and then I quit racing because I was just not making any money. And then freestyle came around. I was like, this freestyle shit's kind of good. I can uh, be a show off and actually make more money in my first freestyle show than I made like my entire pro career. So. I mean, and that's right. ten bucks is more though. than zero. So nobody was flipping at this time. So you you were no, all right with that? No, seriously. At the races, I was going out at at halftime of the races and doing heel clickers over the biggest jump on the track for like a hundred bucks, and that was more than I was making in the purse, basically. <laughs> like, so I was like, hey, this freestyle is good. You know, chicks are into this. I can show off. I have to train for like nothing because all I got to do is ride for two minutes. So it, you know, you could be fat. You know, you'd be good at freestyle. I think more <laughs> freestyle jet skiing. Have you noticed most freestyle jet, skier, jet skiers are about this body type? What body type is that exactly? Mr. Potato Head? <laughs> Round is a shape. Yeah. He told me he's getting in shape. Well, an A shape and N shape are not the same thing. <laughs> that is, he, Mr. Carrot Juice over there is fucking calling it out. Uh, so anyway, long story short, I retired. I'm like, I went, got a job just like, Fuck racing, I'm over it. And then I get a call from this guy I know that owns a track down where I'm from in British Columbia. He's like, hey, I got Travis Pastrana, Mike Sinkmars, and Chris Rourke uh, down here. And they told me to build the biggest jump that, or build a jump bigger than any locals would jump. And I did. And now that jump's been sitting here five days and they're too big of pussies to hit it. He's like, can you come show them how to hit it? Because I'm pretty sure you'll hit it. And I'm like, yeah, I guess I'll get off work at lunch and go borrow a bike and sure, come down. So I go down, like eye it up. I'm like, hey, guys, what's up? Jeans, boots, and helmet. Like I have this jump. Was, You're on your lunch break. I was basically on my lunch break from work. And I was like, I eye up this jump. I'm like, yeah, I think I got it. Just like boner air, but landed perfectly. Hit it like three times. And Travis like, dude, can I follow you over that? Travis was 14. He's like, he's like, 
Hey, hi, hi, I'm Travis. Hi, that was really cool. I'd love to really follow you over that. That'd be so fun, wouldn't it? <laughs> His survival instinct doesn't appear to exist. No. Well, sure. it, like, whatever it is. That I mean, if you've seen Unchained, alive. you've seen how all this started, yeah. too. It's, it's exactly. And this is back in those days. This is like 97 or 98. And it was for a Fox Terra Firma video. But anyway, so he follows me over it. And I hear in midair as I'm like hitting it. It was like 120, 130 footer. Like it was big, especially in those days. Like the landing was like this tall and the takeoff was like 20 feet tall. <laughs> like very different from the jumps we have these days. And anyway, so I'm like landing perfectly and I hear Rah! in the air and I look up and Travis like 20 feet above me, like going over me. <laughs> <laughs> Flat lands it, explodes the front tire. And he's like, Whoa. Whoa, that was cool. Let's do it again. I need a tire. Somebody <laughs> gave me a tire. <laughs> the thumb, up. thumb up the whole way. Thumbs up the whole way. So um, basically, I'm like, okay, I got to get back to work. Uh, you can have my tire off my bike because it's not even my bike. I borrowed it. So just you can have my tire. What's he riding at the time? A 125? Uh, yeah, it was probably a one. It was probably a 125, which is. Probably, I think he probably hit it fifth gear pin and Jesus. jumped over my head. Anyway, so that was my introduction. He's like, hey, hey, could you come back tomorrow and show me a couple more jumps? That'd be really cool. Yeah. Hey, yeah, that'd be fun. You're, you're pretty good jumping. Yeah, fun. So anyway, I went back the next day, showed him more, some more stuff, and then we stayed in touch, and he became basically like my little, uh, little brother. Which has been, you know, whatever, 12, 22 years. Or so, something. yeah, from there, pretty much, that's like, uh, what? When did, when did the MTV show start? About four years later, five years later? No. So, MTV didn't start till 08. So, in 2000. So, you're taking 10 years later. So, yeah, now. Yeah. So, did you ever enter the freestyle world? Yeah. Com- yeah. Com- competition? Yeah, I rode competitively for a bunch of years. Um, you know, I was a top 10 guy for a long time. Um, you know, maybe top 12, like, you know what? I wasn't the bad. I, I just kind of like, I didn't give a shit. I loved drinking. Yeah, but at the partying. time there was only, there was only a handful of guys that were even, I mean, if you think about like 1997 supercross ish, you've got Kevin Windham's doing his first 125 debut. He's the only one busting a trick during, yeah. during the actual race. McGrath is number one that year with Jeff Emig on his heels and like at McGrath at that time is the only one doing a trick during the yeah. race. So it's like there wasn't you, much going. Yeah. On. Then you have the crusty demons guys. They're pretty much the only ones trying tricks in the yeah. air. So it's like there was no, it was pretty it, it was super fresh back then. It was it was new. It was a new thing. Like Mets had just I think Metzger started doing heel clickers in like 96 or 97, which I, I remember to this day seeing a picture of him on like dirt bike or something doing a heel clicker. I'm like, what in the fuck is that? Like. That is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And I like racing is so lame. I'm going to do that. <laughs> and now, like, <laughs> now seeing, now seeing the, the Aussie roll on a dirt bike, are you just like, what the fuck? The progression, <laughs> I mean, the progression is so crazy. I mean, I remember being at Kevin Windham's house in 2000, let's say it was probably 2000, and Travis and I and Kenny Bartram and Windham trying body varials in 2000. It's in one of the old, old videos, like Global Addiction or something. And, I mean, it was a joke. Like, we were terrible. Like, I mean. To dirt? To dirt, but just, like, dumb little jumps. Like, like step-up jumps. Yeah. And, like, no idea of how to do it. And it's long before foam pits. And, you know, the, the foam pit really changed that arc of 
of progression of everybody. Because back in the day, like when I learned to backflip, I learned to backflip to dirt. <laughs> Just that was it. Well, there was, I mean, I threw down like two inches of bark mulch, which. And really where was this at? Uh, at Ojo in Salt Lake. Oh, wow. So in Salt Lake, I built like a little like backflip training camp for all the guys. By that point, I had kind of quit riding competitively, which was like, oh, two. And took a job, took a job at OGO where, you know, we sponsored athletes and I was like, we didn't have much money to spend on athletes. So I was like, I'm going to make a track. I'm going to make a place where I can teach guys how to do backflips. You know, I just took it on myself to be the backflip coach, even though at that point I hadn't done one. I was like, I'll teach. (laughs) And then guys would come and like try and be total pussies. And like do the bicycle, do the XR 100 and then get on the big bike and be like, like, not even try. Kind of like Johnny Knoxville when he broke his dick. Just like, (laughs) although that was not out of not trying, that was just out of pure being terrible at any motor skill possible. (laughs) But so finally one day I'll remember when I was trying to teach three of the guys, like I think it was Mike Mason, Dustin Miller and Bo Bamberg maybe to to backflip. And they were just kind of being pussies about it. And I just got mad. I already had a desk job. And I just got mad. I'm like, fuck you guys. And I went and got my bike and threw on my helmet and a chest protector and hit the jump and back. I'd never backflip before. And I just did a full rotation my first time. I crashed. Came up a little short. Full rotation second time. Crashed. And then third time I landed it. Wow. Just to dirt. <laughs> just to dirt. I mean, it was this big step up with like this much bark mulch on it. And... And then, but unfortunately, when I landed, I broke my ankle. Um, but I landed and rode away. I'm like, fuck. Okay, well, I'm done. I'm going back to the office. You guys are pussies. <laughs> Did they end up doing it? <laughs> they, they ended up not that trip, but they ended up flipping the next time out. You know, they just back flipping gets in your head. Well, and- t- like, like watching Unchained, you, you, you see all these guys that were like owning the world. And then once the flipping started, there was a number of people that were like, all right, I'm out. It's. It really is a mind fuck to go at a ramp and go upside down. Because you don't know once you start the, once your core movement starts after that initial part, you're like, I either made it or I didn't. Absolutely. I mean, now the guys are so good at it, but like it's hundreds of times into a foam pit before they even think about going to dirt. Even even though, even the guys that are good at it, there's always that, did I do this right? You know? It's... It just amazes me to see the level of tricks that they're doing upside down and stuff. And knowing how back in the day it was to actually do it for the first time to dirt. And everyone, you know, everyone in the top, you know, 15 first guys that probably backflipped almost all learned to dirt except for Travis and carry hard who are the only two with dirt bike foam pits i mean still there's only like 10 <clears throat> foam pits yeah there's not exists. a lot yeah they're not they're not a lot of them and they're scared and everyone thinks so, foam pits make everything so easy no. foam pits are so sketchy you can get they're hurt dirty. really bad they're dirty they i mean i've been stuck in one upside down tommy without air <laughs> we lost tommy for 25 minutes when we were filming nitro in the red bull foam pit is the, that where you hit the side um no that is a different one a different one, we made Tommy climb like a 75-foot tower and jump into the Red Bull one. And we said, whatever you do, like land, spread out. Like, like go like, like this. Like make yourself big. He like penciled in and went and 22 feet deep. to the bottom. And it took us 25 minutes to find him. And he, he was just, like freaking out. 
You don't have air. It's it's terrible. People <laughs> are like, oh, foam pit, no problem. You can get just as fa- it's almost safer to go to dirt, in my opinion. So at what time? When did you first meet Knoxville? Like, <clears throat> did you jump into the first season of Jackass at all? So we did no, not the first season. So we did. Um, there was a tribute to Evil Knievel on MTV that we shot out in Oklahoma. In probably like 2006, I'd say, with Knoxville and Tremaine and Matt Hoffman were producing it. And then they had all the Nitro guys out. And that's when Knoxville had the legendary break his dick. Um, with, I don't remember this. What okay, happened? so Knoxville wanted to backflip, built this crazy huge step up with a huge bark mulch pile, like as safe as a jump could be. Knoxville gets on Trav's bike and we're like, okay, the only thing is do not let go, let go. of the bike. That's it. The only way to get hurt here is let go. He pins it, makes it eight feet and face plants, like on the flat. Oh, so he can't even ride a bike. Knoxville can't even drive a car. I mean, I've been in a car. <laughs> I've been in a rally car with him when he rolled it. Like, he is not good at anything that takes any motor skills. That's why he's good at getting run over by animals. Because <laughs> it doesn't take him any motor skills, he just has to stand there. So anyway, so next time, the third or fourth time he hits a jump, he just gasses it and leans back and shoots the bike to the moon, and then he lands like this, and the bike comes from like thirty feet up, and the handlebar right oh in the. Oh my god! Diac. We gotta find this video. Now. Oh, it's you can find it in like five seconds. Like it, it's it's all over, and then. You know, because he's the toughest son of a bitch of all time. He gets up and comes down. And he's like, oh, that wasn't good. And then all of a sudden, he's standing talking to camera. And he's like, I think I'm pissing myself. And he, like, looks. And he just had blood leaking out of his oh. dick. Like, horrific. Like, That's very terrifying. Bad. That's not a good sign. No. It's, no. Ne- it's never. I mean, you, you know. Don't even have Jared's used like to that. weird things coming out when of down Thailand. there. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> It's usually green or something from what yeah, I heard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it was really bad. It really, really bad. Um, and it turned out he tore his urethra. Oh. And he had to get it sewn back together. And then for like two years, he had to catheterize himself twice a day with this, basically this microphone. Like jam it up his dick. <laughs> like 18 inches. But then he would go do it. Like we were on set or something, he'd go in the bathroom and do it, and then he'd come out and then chase you around with this. <laughs> Lucky, slow as shit. And he'd chase you around with this thing that had just been all the way down to his bladder inside his dick. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. And we think we're wild. I think you guys uh, have some mental issues. It, like, like that. Most people have fight or flight. Like, this is, I'm either going to do this and protect myself or I'm going to get the fuck out of here. And you guys just stand there like, oh, and a car hits you. <laughs> it, like, it, what the fuck? It, it happens. Okay, it, so two years, two years later from so this, years, you guys start the MTV show Nitro Circus. Yeah, so we had been doing since 2001, Godfrey, Travis, myself, and the DVDs, the DVDs. Yeah. So we did DVDs for like six or seven years, and they kept getting more rowdy. Thrillbillies and, and all that. Yeah, other stuff. Nitro Circus, Thrillbillies, Country Fried, all that shit. And they were pretty rowdy. Like a lot of dumb shit happened. And then Knoxville and Tremaine came in and said, "Hey, we want to." Um, Jackass was ending on MTV. They're like, "Hey, we think you guys would be great for the show." They put a 
deal together, and then they end up executive producing Nitro Circus. Now, I like when talking to the whole team, it's funny hearing the guys that, that went off to Thrillbillies on Spike. It was like, no, they picked all the cool kids for the MTV one. The rest of us got this show on Spike. It, yeah, it was, well, because there was actually, well, it was one under Spike. It was Fuel. Oh, Fuel. Which I'm was sorry. even more of a kick in the dick for those because guys. When Crumb and Dusty uh, tell the story, it's like, they said, like, you guys would have a nice trailer and, like, the budget, and they'd be like, these guys would show up and there'd be a tarp with a little table and it'd be like, all right, you guys got to go jump into that shit water. They're like, man. Yeah, no, I mean, that is the truth. That is the truth. But in defense of the, I mean, for that, they were the new guy. They weren't actually mostly on most of the Nitro stuff through the years. They were badasses. I mean, Crumb is a badass and Dusty's way above my level. But yeah, there was some bad feelings from a few of those guys that... I, they were bombed. Yeah, they were. It's funny their side of the story. Yeah, because for sure. they don't, they don't and say Cam. it like they hated it. No, but they, they did. say it like it was funny because they they're like peeking over the fence <laughs> and seeing you guys do like a safely like, planned hey, no. stunt and like everything. And they're like, "Oh, what if you guys like catapulted each other with barbed wire?" Everybody's just like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> that, there, there is definite truth to that. There is, but so yeah. Then we went in two seasons of the TV show. What was what was some of the the most sketchy things part of the show? Um, I mean, on my part, I mean, a- I mean, everything was just. You jumped at a monster truck or something at some point in there, didn't you? Did I jumped a suburban like a hundred and ten feet? Tried to land on a trailer like that was just terrible. I got knocked out when I landed because. They, I don't know, something weird happened with the car. So I got knocked out and then I'm like, oh, I'll move the trailer up 10 feet and I'll do it again. And then I had just woken up from being unconscious. And then that time I hit, I when I hit in, this front suspension had broken out of the truck and no one knew. So when I hit the takeoff, I slammed in, slammed my head off the <laughs> steering wheel, got knocked out again, but just for like a second. So you, knockout, so you a concussion. See, you say, move the trailer, let's do it again. You don't yeah. even get out of the car. No, well, yeah. They And then I I think I went head lunge, get back in, move the trailer, and then I hit, and you see my hands fall off the steering wheel as I'm in the air, and then grab back on just as I smash in again and get knocked out again (laughs) (laughs) so i got knocked out three times in the space of about an hour and had no idea where i was for like a week or two probably (laughs) like i mean it was just yeah so that that one was relatively sketchy um travis backflipping building to building was the sketchiest thing you guys had to do that in panama Right. Um, no, that was on the movie. That that this was the American Apparel warehouse up in L.A. Got it. And it was thirteen stories high, and there was no room for error. So us being the Swifties that we are, we're like, okay, Travis, if he jumps, lands, and the no one knew the roof was kind of angled too to the middle, so it made the takeoff steeper and the landing steeper, and then from the bottom of the landing to shooting off a hundred thirty foot building was about forty feet. So, in perfect circumstances, you can stop. If you whiskey throttled or anything, you know. So, we decided, because we're so smart, that we'd take that aircraft carrier approach, and we got a big tie-down, and we all stood across about 10 feet from the edge of the fucking building, and two of us on either side held the tie down in case he... Wait, so you're going we to try and, four of you we, we, <laughs> off the building? <laughs> 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 Physics, velocity, <laughs> momentum. 
You have a man on a dirt bike <sighs> coming in, and you guys are holding a net to catch him from going off yeah. a building. And we were going to try it, yeah. That was not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so oh, you guys are physics majors now. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's real basic math. That was, that was well, we were going to just try and get him, not... The motorcycle, but it was going to be like a relatively small like thing to try and catch him. So, I mean, it so was we stupid, went to Big but... Five. We bought a volleyball net. We all held the net. Basically, I mean, basically, and force is mass times acceleration, right? Something like What's that. What's travel about one eighty five? Oh, about no, back two? then he was about two fifteen. Yeah, yeah, you guys would have all plus died. a three hundred three hundred pound bike <laughs> well, going they, pretty they, fast. They would have missed the bike, hopefully. But <laughs> Like, even if you had just caught Trav, you would have all died. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm not saying it was smart. <laughs> Luckily, we didn't have to do it. but I, He was able to stop. Let's just say I didn't tie the rope to myself. <laughs> <laughs> I told Jeremy to. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so after those two seasons, then you guys go into the first movie. They, yeah, they went into, well, we were going into the first movie, and then I just kind of called an audible moving into the movie that I didn't like the direction it was going and i felt that the production side was very was taking advantage of us as talent massively that was the first movie for the first movie yeah so i just um respectfully um told people to fuck off yeah but i didn't really have a plan b but my plan (laughs) a was fuck off Kids, if you're listening, always have a plan B before you tell plan A to suck it. <laughs> but you, did you do any filming for that? No, I didn't do anything for it. It just, you know, it was a bummer because we looked forward to it for a long time and it was a pretty well, I had tough. Heard, like I've heard Dove talk about it quite a bit about how they had originally thought it out and originally mm-hmm. shot a bunch of things and then came back and changed it all. Yeah, they had a lot of issues, which... One of the reasons I also didn't like the direction I was going, they were, I just didn't feel production was taking advice from, you know, from me, who it's unfortunately dang, was, I like to think I was the smartest guy, person on the crew. Because and it's dangerous shit. Well, yeah, and, and safety was one of my biggest issues. And I was actually supposed to do the, I came up with a stunt that Jim did that he ended up fucking him up. I came up with the James Bond thing, and I did the I did the research and the James Bond spiral over the river thing, and I like I was going to do it, <clears throat> and I was also going to do for the opening stunt do because I haven't ever done a skydive because I've been holding my first skydive to do shootless because no one can ever one up that you know Trav yeah. Trav's like at three hundred jumps did his shootless one, but no one can ever do better than their first skydive shoot list. So I've held that for the movie. Are still aspiring for that? If the right right opportunity comes up, 100%. (laughs) For the right opportunity. I'm not just going to do it for doing it, but like I I still want to do it. I mean, I stopped. I didn't jump for that reason for a long time. So anyway, like gnarly shit's going to happen. We knew we had to step it up big time for the movie. And it was already stepped up big time. And, you know, I had a lot of safety concerns and that I knew weren't going to be um, addressed and then ended up very obviously not being addressed when Jim got hurt, yeah. when he shouldn't have got hurt. <clears throat> that was a long overshoot. A long overshoot, but a roll cage is built to, when a real roll cage is built, it's built right. When someone welds something in the backyard and calls it a roll cage, which was hence one of my issues. Anyway. That's let's not digress too far, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was gnarly. I mean, and so I just like you know what, guys, 
no, I'm I'm not doing this for what the deal is. Yeah. So everyone went off and played, and I took a long, hard think about life. And where'd you <laughs> run off to? You know, I thought being a Hollywood stuntman was going to be the jam, and then I realized that was a lot harder to get into than, you know, it took like nine months to get my first gig. And then after getting my first gig, I'm like, this is fucking boring. <laughs> You're sitting around. <laughs> There's a lot of sitting around with it. I mean, it's just, it's not. Plus, they have their club, by the way. The club, yeah. yeah. The old boys club is tough. Even though I knew every single per- every single person I hit up, every stunt coordinator, every everyone's like, oh, Andy Bell, Nature Circus, you guys are so rad. My kids and I watch you all the time. Yeah, we don't. We got to hire this guy because he's in the club, which yeah. I under, I totally understand. It's just an old boys network that was tough. But so I got got in, got some jobs and just realized I didn't really want to do that for a living because as rad as like five seconds of your day or week might be, it's a lot of sitting there eating peanut M&Ms at the crafty table. And <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you, I eat a lot of those. So then you came back for two. For action figures, too. Well, yeah, I didn't even come back for it, I'd say. I just kind of... Trav called me, and he wanted me to drive the car when he was strapped to the top of it. And I just... I'm like, yeah, whatever. I haven't done anything cool for a while. Seems safe. I'll have a roll cage, you know, these days with two little kids and yeah, a but business I, I, and I, stuff. I was there for this. I was, <laughs> that morning, you know, we're... I'm watching him try and figure out how fast he needs to go to get over that jump. Yeah, I mean, and it's... We're, we're measuring. He's doing a little bit of math through speed. And he's like, all right, I'll just try it. Yeah, well, that's usually... We always call it nitro math. It was like, yeah, about three-quarter. <laughs> three-quarters always seem to work out pretty well. And that's, I mean, you know, we took the car out, and you couldn't even see the Speedo. In classic Nitro Circus style, they forgot the radar gun and the yeah, readout Yeah, they forgot board. the readout. Like, that like, was which, the big deal. Which usually so, in distance jumping is like the number one. Other than having to jump and having something to jump in, number three on the list, which is of no less important than number one and number two, is having a radar gun and a readout. So at least as you're coming up, you got to know, you know you're you hitting your target. Yeah. So Travis figured out the target, you know, he tested it, made it, came up a little short, but then was like, okay, at about four miles an hour and we're we good th- to go. Then we threw, we threw two, um, once again, super scientific. We thought it had a bit too much kick in the rear end. So we threw two spare um, tires, spare tires in, and rims in the trunk because rental cars always jump better with four people than two. Because you need to like, you, you need to you need to sack out the rear what end the a little. Fuck are you talking about, dude? <laughs> Let's rewind a little bit. Let's talk about times you've jumped rental cars. Oh, um, well, there. Yeah, I think the statute of limitations is up on. Yeah, you're I think it you're is fine. up on most of them. But I will tell you, my wife and I went to Italy like six years ago, and she had rented a car, and we went to the the counter, and they're like name, passport, whatever. So I give the guy. He's like. He's like typing, and he's like looking at me, and then typing, looking at me. He's like, are you Andrew Bell that lives at like 418 Able Place, whatever my address in Canada used to be? I'm like, no, never heard of him. They're like, are you sure? 
I'm like, nope, never heard of that guy. Why is he? And then Danielle, my wife's like, hey, isn't that your old address? I'm like, nope, never heard. And I'm like kicking her. <laughs> and I'm like, no, why? Is that a bad Andrew Bell? And the guy's like, yeah, he's not allowed to rent with us anymore. And <laughs> I totally like, <laughs> thankfully, like I had my US address and stuff. I'm like, no, I'm from America. I'm not, I never lived in the West of Canada. What are you talking about? Yeah, I was still blacklisted after totaling a car, like seriously. 12, 15 years ago. <laughs> From what hurts or something? It was like that one was Europe. I and was where like, are you jumping black- in? Yeah. I was blacklisted from Sixth and Europe Car, like full. I, I don't think I can ever rent from them. Um, we did, I just used to like to take them out and either go on the motocross track and do some jumps or drive through, <laughs> drive through the beer tent at like a KTM festival or jump the freestyle landing ramp in the car. <laughs> I mean, so many times, I'll tell you, I've pulled over right before the rental car return place with a roll of duct tape. And I gone and washed the car, rolled up duct tape, like crawl under and try and tape all like the bumpers back together and kick the radiator. <laughs> like, I, I don't do that anymore. I'm much more mature. Oh. But um, yeah, I, I'd say I'd say there's a good like 10, 10, 12, like total, total rental cars. Mm, that's <laughs> like, that's 10 or 12 is fine. Two yeah, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. <laughs> Travis and I made a rally course in Austria once at a motocross at Ayersburg and we were doing it like out in the out in the forest and all of a sudden he like stops and he was like gonna let someone out in the middle of the track and I fucking rear-ended him so hard and we had like two of the dudes that won this race like one in his car one in my car I, I hit him so hard that my BMW station wagon only had first third and reverse the second, fourth, and sixth wouldn't it wouldn't go into gear because I pushed the transmission so far forward. <laughs> <laughs> and then he tried to blame it on me. I'm like, dude, you stopped in the middle of a race course. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah. So, so yeah, renting back cars. To Arizona. We're back to Arizona. Yeah. There's no there's no speed readout for this thing. You just had to guess and. You have Ethan on on a motorcycle above you. Yeah, that was um it was pretty sketchy because also the speedo on the stock Subaru was so small you couldn't actually tell how fast you were going. Like, you know, it was basically the needle covered almost like sixty to seventy and seventy to eighty. So we took it out on the highway and looked at the tack. And just kind of said, okay, if we want to go 71, well, that's 6,600 RPM. So you can see the tack a little better, you know, just backwards yeah, math. I was in that car yeah, that day. Yeah. So it was like, how? how? <laughs> and then it's like, okay, how fast to go? And then I wanted to, the first time I jumped it, I went 180 feet without Ethan on it. And it was like a pretty decent landing. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, man, that might be too hard on him. So I tried to like back up the hill a little bit just to be as soft as I could. Yeah. I need to be soft on little Ethan. I mean, he's, he, he likes it soft. He's a, he's a good little Mormon <laughs> well, boy. Well, by the way, this was supposed to be Travis on the bike up top. So Travis, yeah. Travis hits him up. I want you to drive the car because I trust you the most. Speaking of which, before this, like the motorcycle jump, he asked five of the best in the world and they all told him to get fucked. <laughs> like, like they were like wait you're doing what no yeah, yeah. <laughs> ronnie mack was like i'll do it <laughs> so now it's like hey well two weeks before at two stroke week he breaks his wrist so now 
he can't do this. So he needs his uh, co-driver to fucking work the gearbox, huh? Well, yeah. So he ended up driving the car for for that, and he had to have a co-driver work the the handbrake for the helicopter oh, the job. Handbrake, yeah. But then now they need to find a new person that is willing to let Andy jump this car 140 <laughs> odd feet while they're tied to the top on a motorcycle. <laughs> and the the concept was is Trav was going to trick it. So, like, in the jump, he was going to do, like, a Superman or something in the air to get this this dope shot. But it was like, let's practice this one time without any tricks. So then it was like, let's not do this again. You know what? Thank God the car broke. I did I did the jump, like, five times, I think, without Ethan on. Because I needed to make... I wasn't stressed about the jump. The, I mean, the jump was big and scary, but I'm like, but I got we a five-point Everybody wasn't sure just how much force would be going on up up, up top, top yeah if it would throw him forward like the the the, the fear was is <clears throat> if he came nose heavy a little bit it lunges ethan forward in front of the car and the car runs him over i know that's i mean i had a very serious talk with him before i'm like okay i'm 100 percent that i can nail this because I'm not very good at much, but I know I'm good at judging speed and jumping shit. Like that's my one talent. That's it. Maybe drink a beer, but that, you're pretty good at that. Uh, I'm okay at that. And you're good at auctions. <laughs> I'm good at spending money at auctions, <laughs> getting drunk and spending money. But yeah, so I told Ethan, I'm like, look, dude, I am 100. percent I can do this. I don't know what's going on up there. He and was I can't see you. Too, well, yeah, he's got yeah. like a little baby, and he's riding on top of it, doing something that really. No, it shouldn't. Had he just gotten married right before then? No, you just had his baby. He just oh, had I his see. baby. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it was just not not good timing on ever. <laughs> and so I was like, dude, let me just tell you: if you get bucked, you have to go forty five degrees either yeah. way. I'm like, you cannot because I will not be able to stop. Like you know, there's no way you have to do everything to go to forty five, and then you'll be okay. And then it worked perfectly, and thank God the car broke. Because Travis would have, one hundred percent, we would have done it, and he would have been like, "Okay, Ethan, now go do a trick." Like that's the escalation that just happens. <laughs> it, it's just constant escalation that you can't ever sit back and and like high five yourself for doing something. But fucking even rad. that one, even that one wasn't smooth. Like he, like even oh, he Ethan was like, pretty he, good. He, he, yeah, he came forward. Well, a, a crosswind, bit. of course, a crosswind oh, came yeah, out of nowhere, and it like just. Turned us enough sideways to put enough force on it to break an A-arm. And I was like, yes, no more. Because that's like the stress level of having someone up there. It was just, it was terrible. Yeah. It was absolutely terrible. And I have that picture that's still it's a good, above, it was a good picture. Do you? Like, oh, yeah. Ah, it's a, yeah, it a good picture. Well, I know you like to lay in bed and look at Ethan and I. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, well, I mean, it's, it's, a, you gotta it's above your yeah. bed. I understand. <laughs> yeah. So it was all, uh, all good and all done. And you know what? Now Travis is back on block for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Because well, he asked me, he asked me to do the, the UTV one. What are they doing now with that? Oh, with, the one that Phil crashed Phil, on. Yeah, I mean, I he, he, he hit me up. I'm like, dude, I just did something that I think is radder than that. I mean, jumping a UTV far isn't, I mean, it's pretty easy. What's he going to be doing for this residency in Vegas? <clears throat> 
He's not going to be part of that. I don't think oh, he's going to no, be part no, of no. it. No, no, no. That's going to. They have a. They have a crew for that. That's. He's that's, not going to come to do any special events. Or I mean, he'll sure probably show up once do, like, a month. The or, first one or something like that is a big sure. promo. It's got to be big though, right? No, that one. That one's more micro because you're squeezing in two shows a night or one. No, I mean show whatever trick he does needs to be big because the last time the reason he got all this is because of that. Evil can evil shit, right? No, no, they had this plan for. They've oh, been working on it for a long yeah. time. Um, it should, yeah, it'll just probably be like a mini, like they do a Nitro Circus show. Really cool shit, but very choreographed and like, you yeah, know, a little bit smaller. Because they won't scale. be able to huck. If you got to do it twice in a day, you just, you know, you can't go through guys. Yeah, I mean, there yeah. does seem to be a never-ending bunch of kids that are willing to just huck their meat. Which I understand because that was me when I met Travis. Yeah, but now, <laughs> now you're going to see a slow decline because things are so big. Kids don't have access to this stuff. There's how many? There's only a couple mega ramps around. No, yeah, you, you can't know. just go practice that. No. I mean, you basically have to like somehow get on Travis's jock and go to his house. Yeah, and he's the most welcoming or, guy or, ever. Or Burnquist or Bob's, like, but yeah. Bob, like no one like. Oh, I'm sorry. No one good. No one goes to Bob's and really does dumb shit. I mean, Travis and I went there and backflip big wheels back in the yeah. day. The first time we ever hit the mega ramp, which is kind of the that was the reason why now there's a mega ramp in the Nitro show. Basically, is on the MTV show. Trav and I had that fight of you know him backflip or me backflipping to dirt and then him trying to or him doing the mega ramp and then me putting rockets on on mine and doing backflip. <laughs> <laughs> Seems so dumb when I think about it. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so now though you've jumped uh, more into producing. Yeah. More well, directing. I just uh, not. I know. I just. I mean, I'm a very classic. Let's just call it an executive producer. I mean, I started a production company. I knew that. I. I knew that. Well, a when I found out on Nitro that our sound guy Cordell, I love him to death. He's the best. But I found out he was basically making more per episode than we were to be killing ourselves. I was like, wait, this doesn't seem right. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, I'm glad he was making you know the money, but it, him and probably three quarters, half the people on set were making more than we were, and we were doing gnarly shit and getting, you know, I mean. I I blew my knee the first episode of season two and had a blow in the whole time. I broke my wrist like six episodes into season one and like duct taped it for three weeks until I could actually go get surgery. And like, you know, we were getting fucked up. Like, absolutely. You know, no, because they cut it so fast. You never knew how fucked up. All of a sudden, someone would show up in a cast. They're like, oh, did someone get hurt? Like, you know, no shit. We I mean, got even hurt. Some of the the, the <clears throat> more basic like driveway things with the loop, like people got fucked up on that thing. Oh, that loop got worked. <laughs> I mean, even just like Tommy on the Heelys going down Travis's driveway on Heelys. I mean, you think that mass hitting, you know, at twenty five miles an hour hitting pavement. You know, how does that feel? I mean, if you look back, I don't know. Now I like stub my toe, like going to take a piss. One of the seven pisses I take in the night because I'm old. You know, now I'm like, oh, God, it hurts so bad. Like, how did I don't know how we did what we did like at all. Like it was it was so. Gnarly. So what what stuff is your production company predominantly focusing on now? You know, we focus. We do a lot in the automotive world. We, <clears throat> I've seen, yeah, I've seen you around the trucks a lot lately. Yeah, it's just it was a pretty good transition for me. I worked, did stuff with Toyota. I raced the Baja One Thousand for Toyota a bunch of times and won a couple times in their trucks. And so I had a good 
a good relationship on that side. And then I was like, Hey, I also, you know, make content and, and commercials. So it kind of, it grew out of that. And now, you know, Toyota's definitely our biggest customer and we do some really cool shit but we went to like went to vietnam and and took the top gear the uk top gear director and the whole crew that shoots grand tour and top gear and took them and did a 10-day trip across vietnam we hung the three trd pros from mi-17 russian military helicopters and flew them through the jungle and like like we do pretty Big rad shit. That's fucking cool. Like, yeah. tell tell us a little bit about these Baja One Thousands because we've heard we've been talking a little bit about it with some people. Like, you go black from communication for a long time with anybody, right? In the middle of these, you you can, yeah. I mean, sometimes you end up, especially on a peninsula run, when you go from like Ensenada to La Paz or Cabo. I mean, the rest are usually loops, which are a little easier to you know do your logistics around. But when it's a peninsula run. Yeah, you can you go a long time without seeing someone and you know, you try and stay in, you have to stay in contact so your team can know where to come dig you out of a canyon or a breakdown or something. But yeah, it's fun. I got a call in 2011 from Toyota. They're like, "Hey, we need to race our our new Baja Tacoma in the Baja 1000 and you're the only guy that we know that is stupid enough and could probably win. Do they use that? They actually that said stupid. Did. Yeah, they actually said stupid <laughs> enough. They're like, there's three criteria. You got to be able to maybe win. You got to be stupid enough to actually race at Tacoma. And you have to have a good social media following. And you're the only person that we can think of. <laughs> I'm like, All right. did you win that one? That one, I didn't. Um, I handed the car off in first. And then the the guys that drove after me, it just broke, unfortunately. But then we won the next year. Um, we won the 500, I think we won the 500 and the 250 and not the thousand. And then in 2014, I raced the Tundra TRD pro and we won, I won in that one too. Just so a better truck. Um, <clears throat> I, yeah, a bit better. I, I'd say a bit better truck. And you know, I mean, only 50% of people finish the thousand, yeah. you know, if there's 450 entrants, I mean, maybe 250 people finish it just, it's, that year was like thirteen or fourteen hundred miles through gnarly shit, and vehicles are going to break. You know, it's just it's it's really it's hard too. I mean, you know, you're just like, you know, my section was ten or eleven hours, and you're just like, you're just seeing, you know, through the night, you're seeing like the shadows off the the cactuses and stuff, and you start getting in this weird trance of you know, hundred miles an hour down the trail by yourself and all of a sudden these shadows oh you're not rolling with a co-driver oh well yeah you got a co you you got a (laughs) co-driver but oh shit yeah thankfully my teammate (laughs) good story for this one um jamie bestwick was one of my teammates uh bmx guy like super gnarly bmx vert x games guy so he was driving his co-driver i don't know if you know this about off-road racing but you wear a piss condom so you condom with catheter or whatever comes out your leg goes on the floorboards drains out so I guess halfway through the race, his co-driver really had to piss, but his catheter, I guess his dick must have like shrunk up and catheter falls off, but he has to piss. So <laughs> they're going through a whoop section. Jamie looks over and his co-driver is kind of trying to fucking fluff it up a little bit so he can get because he can't get a condom on a soft dick i guess <laughs> not that i've ever tried but um yeah so he's just trying to chub up a little bit so he can get his condom back on so he can piss 
And Jamie's like, what the fuck are you doing over there? They're going 100 miles he's an like, hour. Oh, yeah, dude, hour. <laughs> he's like, just Dude's don't worry about it. Just, off on just, just, just don't worry. You know, 10 hours is a long time to go without pounding off. It's <laughs> <laughs> a long time. Hey, you know what? That, I think that, that was his excuse. Yeah. <laughs> he's trying to push the chunks down the catheter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Andy. Well, this is a time in the show where we give uh, somebody the drinking bro of the week, and you get to... To hand that one off, somebody that inspired you growing up or somebody that maybe kept you safe from actually not getting hurt uh, through all of this, uh, you get to name a Dream Bro of the Week. Oh, wow. Um, there's a lot of, uh, there, I'd have a lot of bros. I mean, I, for me, I, was, I always loved like all the old moto guys. I thought were just so rad. But the funny thing is, is who really I like more than the moto guys. Do you, do you know who Glenn Plake is? I don't. Glenn Plake, the old like 80s and 90s skier with a huge mohawk. You got to know him. He like, he used to like do the gnarliest shit, like buck naked with a mohawk, like down the craziest mountains ever and stuff. Anyway, he was a super badass and I got to do some shoots with him like five or six years ago. And I was like, God, this is so much cooler hanging with you than like McGrath or Ricky Johnson <laughs> or people I have idolized my whole life that yeah. I'm now having to be friends with. He lived with. up to it. He lived up to it. He's just a badass. Some I mean, of those people were before their time because it used to be all that stuff was super commercial. Like you were talking about with ARX and with NASCAR and all this other stuff. But what we found out, and you probably know this from your media company now, if you go out and have fun and do what you like and make like high quality content, that's what fucking pays the bills these days. This this cookie cutter bullshit is over. NASCAR yeah, people don't want NASCAR people. is fucking bleeding. They can't keep because up because there's no personalities behind yeah. the drivers. Well, it's and what sucks is those drivers in NASCAR. A lot of them have great personalities. I mean, Jimmy Johnson is super fun to party with and drink with and do fun shit with, and like a bunch of the other dudes as well that I've hung out but with. But they Target can't come across. Tide and M and M's is going to pull your sponsorship. Absolutely. If there's an Instagram video of you doing a beer bomb. Yeah, that's fucking stupid. You I, know who buys Tide and goes to Target and buys M and M's? Assholes like us, <laughs> exactly, and we love that and shit. If you, if you show me some dummy going around a track with his fucking with a three piece suit on for three hours, I'm like, ah, eh, don't care. It it sucks that they're that those corporate companies have really just watered down the ability. And well, even they, now, right. like NASCAR used to predominantly been be sponsored by liquor and beer companies, liquor, beer, and cigarettes. Yeah, <laughs> like no Good shit. It was the well, that's what it was forever, right? Well, and they're wondering why their audience is dying and young people aren't watching. And it sucks because a lot of those dudes are cool, but they cannot show anything other than the most vanilla. And it's like, oh, what? You only got seven. To, it, it's <laughs> like Office Space. You only have 17 logos on for 3M. You, yeah, exactly. you, that's the minimum amount of flair. You don't look at Rick over there. I want to see, <laughs> see a car sponsored by a hydroponic mushroom company. <laughs> that just says and he's driving. party. Yeah, it just says party down the side of it, and he's driving in the wrong direction the whole time, <laughs> trying to sabotage all the other racers. That would be funny to me. I would watch that. If, you know what? I think we just need to do, pull that stunt off. I, I agree. That would be good. I mean, it's just it, it's sad. You're you're you nailed it exactly. Like it's just so it's so boring we, now. We need and- to think of something really <laughs> fucked up we can do with these guys in Toyota. <laughs> <laughs> but they're they're also like they they. They know they can't do anything crazy. None of them can do anything crazy. Someone is always watching with these big these big corporations, and I mean, yeah, I know they just won't. They won't accept to themselves that we're the ones that go via tundra. 
Right. Uh, exactly. If I see something super fucked up and cool, I'm going to be like, yeah, I'll buy that Toyota. Well, that's the crazy thing about Toyota, that they actually have let me, like, I somehow became the face of the TRD pros. And, like, I'm the guy that since 14, when I raced the Baja and then climbed a bunch of volcanoes in Chile in the tundra and then drove north of the Arctic Circle in Alaska and swam in a fucking ice pond and, like, did all these, like, crazy... Then we went to Vietnam and hung them from helicopters. Like, I can't believe that they... Like, I'm as far as they've ever gone, for sure. (laughs) I should have called you because I wanted a Tacoma TRD Pro and... When I went into the dealership in Salt Lake, they were like, ah, there's a nine-month waiting list. So I was like, okay, what if I contact them and I get them to, to ship one here? They're like, well, well, that goes to whoever's on the waiting list. I'm like, not if I not secure if I it. Call They're them. like, oh, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> the fuck, it does work like that. <laughs> it's, they, it's hard. I mean, the, the TRD pros have just like, they're people, like they don't discount them. They don't do anything. Everyone's you got the always do you get the four runner? Yeah, they're sick. I mean, I've driven, I've taken those things around the world and done. I pre ran in 2014 the entire Baja class race that year in a box stock, in a box stock TRD Pro off the showroom floor. We had one flat tire in 1,300 miles. Jeez. And I drove it, I drove it like not race pace, but like we averaged like 30 miles an hour for like 1,300 miles. So we were hauling ass. Hauling ass, awesome. so yeah, they're great. They're, they're great trucks. Well, Andy, and where can fun. everybody find you on social media? Just Andy Bell at Andy Bell. Find me. See what you're doing. What do you got coming up? Anything crazy? You know Just lots of work shit. Honestly, that's I work and family. I'm pretty lame now. That's why I don't. I, I don't do a lot. Like every once in a while, like I said, I'll go do something with Trav, but I don't go to that. He's always like, "Why don't you come to the house, dude?" You might have to come <clears> to Florida <throat> to watch this boat race with us. Yeah, that might be fun. <laughs> that might be fun. His debut boating. <laughs> I just like I don't know if he understands that you can really eat shit in a boat doing 200 miles an hour. It's not, it's even if he does, it's not going to stop him. It's like it's so gnarly. <laughs> he yeah I know yeah. So I unfortunately I'm not as cool as I used to be, but I'm a lot safer now usually, which it, which is good. And then I can just keep up with my dumb friends and <laughs> and uh, see you you you've taken over for me to be around in this like watch the dumbness just the, just we're just high-fiving and, and tagging in although yeah you're tagging in i mean you're you're younger than me so you go you go ahead awesome well thank you for coming ladies and gentlemen for dan holloway andy bell and jt this is yeah